Hi there, Scott Rockfile, back with another podcast review for you. Going to be talking about those original X-Men movies. We're going to review the original trilogy. I haven't watched the X-Men films, the original X-Men films, in years. I've got an original Blu-ray trilogy set, had digital copies that were unlocked in iTunes. Pulled those out. Haven't watched them in forever. Have good memories of them. Watched all of the 13 or so X-Men movies that there are. And man, did it take me back. These are really great, especially the first two. So the short version is, if you've never watched these, this was uh, superhero movies before the MCU. It's in association with Marvel Entertainment. They had sold off the mutants, all of the mutants, the X-Men, the Deadpool, everything from that side of things. They sold it for $2.6 million to 20th Century Fox back in 1994. Uh, around that time, they also sold off all the Spider-Man stuff to Sony. This is why, for years, 20th Century Fox made X-Men movies, a grand total of 13 of them in total. They did the original trilogy. They followed up with some uh, three Wolverine movies, four X-Men prequel movies, two Deadpool movies, a couple of TV series, and a couple more movies after that to wrap things up. I think it was 14. I looked this up on um, Wikipedia, as I do most of these things, and they don't mention um, Dark Phoenix anywhere. The last movie they mentioned is The New Mutants in 2020, but Dark Phoenix came out about that time, right? Wasn't that about the same time in the last one? They don't even mention Dark Phoenix in here. Anyway, uh, other than Blade, we hadn't really had any seriously good superhero movies since Christopher Reeve donned the cape in Superman 1 and 2. I don't want to talk about the rest of those Superman movies. Um and when X-Men came out, it blew us away. It was a really well done. I was a huge fan of X-Men. I was more of a Cyclops fan than a Wolverine fan, but all my friends were Wolverine fans. I thought the casting was good, and other than Scott kind of being a, a wimpy guy when he should have been the star, <laughs> um, I thought they were good. Rewatching them now, wow, this is where Marvel came from, really. Kevin Feige was an associate producer on these movies. A lot of people involved in Marvel today. Marvel Entertainment was involved. Uh, the Donner Company... Richard Donner's company that worked on the Superman movies involved. Badhead Harry and Dune Entertainment was involved. Uh, Kinsberg was involved. Simon Kinsberg wrote the third one, and somehow he came back to write and direct Dark Phoenix at the end for some reason. I don't know why they let him do another one after he messed up the third one so bad. Anyway, that's a long story short to say. When these came out in 2000, and then 2003 and 2006, we had not had an MCU yet. We hadn't had Christopher Nolan change things with the Batman movies, Dark Knight movies. So watching them now, they hold up very, very well because they feel kind of like Marvel movies. It's got everything in there that you want. Some character arcs, some some good meat, gritty stuff about, you know, um, classism, racism, all that kind of stuff is touched on. That's kind of what the whole mutant storylines are about. You know, people are afraid of mutants. It's a new line of evolution, as it were. First two movies I think are great. The second one's the best of the three. Um, first one's great, sets everything up. Um, you meet all the important X-Men. They get to do some stuff. They get to do some superhero action. The special effects are good. There was a few CG things that were, but they did a lot of practical stuff. Second one, they did more CG. Third one, they did even more CG as we were getting better at that kind of stuff. Second one, just a great flick. It's one of those Empire Strikes Back kind of movies that's just a little bit better than the first one. Then the third one, they got Brett Ratner to direct it. This is a guy who was coming off um, Jackie Chan movies and things like that. Um, why they thought Brett Ratner could direct a superhero movie, I don't know. Then you had um, Simon Kinsberg write it, 
which he was taking a stab at the whole Dark Phoenix storyline, which is a big thing for the Marvel Universe back in the day. That's when I was reading comics is when the Dark Phoenix saga happened. Um, and again, he was given the chance to remake this movie with the new prequel characters, if you will. Um, and that was the final X-Men movie they made. And it was really not good. So twice he's taken a stab at Dark Phoenix and we still don't have it right. Hopefully at some point MCU will take a stab at the Dark Phoenix story and do it right. Now, the main reason I'm watching these and the main reason I'm doing a podcast review is because these were not canon until recently. Last year in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, sorry for the spoilers, but Patrick Stewart appeared as Professor X. Now, that was a variant of him in a variant-type universe and that kind of thing. But again, it's the first time that we had one of these, you know, pre-MCU characters appear as the character they appeared in the X-Men. Now, we got more than one. WandaVision stuck a guy. I guess that happened before. They, they stuck one of the prequel guys in there as her brother. But he wasn't, you know, they've really messed with it, which I think is great. But rewatching these, now that we're going to get Hugh Jackman's character as Wolverine in a new Deadpool movie, these have to be semi kind of canon, even if it's an offshoot or another timeline or whatever. And as we get into this whole Kang Dynasty stuff, things are even going to get more weird as we go forward. But rewatching these now and taking them for just what they are, surprisingly solid, good superhero movies in the vein of what we watch today. They really had a lot of things right. Give Brian Singer a lot of credit for getting those first two movies right. And Brett Ratner kind of screwing the pooch. Third movie is not terrible. It holds up better than I remembered it. But still, you're watching it, and he tried to do something bigger, tried to do something more epic, and just narrowly missed the mark. You had the same producers, the same writers, the same everybody involved, so the movie's not terrible. Same actors, you know. Actors, when they've played a role for a third time, are going, hey, maybe this guy wouldn't do this. Maybe she wouldn't do this kind of thing. That helps movies get made and made right. But if you take the three together as a trilogy, it's pretty solid superhero work and sets up a lot of things going forward. Now, we know that the Wolverine movies are hit or miss. That origin movie was terrible. The next one was good. And then Logan was incredible. Of course, the Deadpool movies made a lot of money. Legion was a good show, and I never watched The Gifted. I thought New Mutants was a decent movie, and I thought Dark Phoenix was really not. For total of the 13 films that are listed on this article which I assume, again, there's 14, but 13 films, $1.7 billion to make them. They grossed over $8 billion total. That is a great return on your money. And Marvel deciding to do something with these characters and not just forgetting about all these movies that we, you know, a lot of us grew up with or have had through our adult lives, um, I think it's great. They can do different things with it, different timelines, you know, having Patrick Stewart show up and then get, you know, whatever happened to him. Don't want to get into spoilers if you haven't seen Doctor Strange, but you're way behind us now. Um, I liked it. So I think the acting is on par with all of them. I think everybody does a great job. Um, some of the younger actors kind of came into their own. It's interesting to see how young some of these people were when they started these movies and who they are today. James Marsden, of course, is in the Sonic movies, but weird to see him so young as Scott Cyclops in X-Men. Um, I think they hold up very well. Like I said, I love the first one. I think the second one's even better. And I think the third one's not as bad as I used to think it was. I'll be watching the rest of the X-Men movies as I kind of go re-go through because I'm finding connective tissue. I'm finding things that I forgot about. I really hadn't watched these movies in years, and they really hold up. If you watch them regularly on a yearly basis, this review is not for you. But if you haven't watched the original X-Men trilogy in a while, 
I think you'll be impressed with it. So give it a shot. I wasn't going to upgrade them into 4K, but I may do that at some point when I find them on sale. They are good movies that hold up, and the MCU hasn't wiped them away. They're actually worthy today to watch. So check it out. The The original X-Men trilogy, two out of three are great, and the third one's really not bad, so go for it. And it lays a lot of groundwork for, you know, 10 other X-Men movies that you can check out. I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. This has been a quick review of the X-Men trilogy. Not getting too deep into it just because I watched it over the, over the weekend and in uh, part of last week. Didn't watch them all in a row or anything, but was really surprised. We really hadn't planned on reviewing them. Just something to watch and something I hadn't seen in years. And you know what? I was so happy with them and happy with how they held up. I decided to do a little eight and a half minute here podcast about it. So check them out if you haven't watched them in a while. They hold up well. More podcasts are on the way. Check my links below. Big things are coming this year. Uh, my radio stations turn 11 years old next month, so that's going to be something big as well. Got plans. Stay tuned for details. Stay tuned for details.